You're listening to The Beltway Briefing, a podcast from Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies with perspectives from both sides of the aisle. Now for political insight and strategy, let's get started with your hosts. Hi, this is Caitlin Martin. This is Patrick Martin. This is Mark Alderman. This is Howard Schweitzer. Mark, Patrick, Caitlin, good afternoon. Happy hour. It's happy hour time. You're the ice Happy, cube, happy Howard. hour, Howard. It's been All a right. long week. It has been a long week. And I'm going to start with the burning question that's on everybody's mind this week. If Mark Alderman, Patrick, were a golfer in the Masters, he would be blank. I went back and forth a little bit on this because some of the people aren't playing this year. Like, I mean, if anyone's got as good a hair as Mark Alderman, it's Ricky Fowler, but he didn't, he didn't make it around this time. So I'm going to say, cause there was a lot of talk given his senior status, another guy with great hair, Freddie couples. I think, uh, I think Mark has a very easy Thank chill, you. uh, kind of Freddie vibe. Mark has I, no idea who you're talking about. No, by the way. I, here's <laughs> what I know, Howard. In Ethan Alderman's master's pool, which I do not understand, but I am leading, I picked Freddie Couples because I had heard his name before. So that we have a You just validated that you know less (laughs) about golf than Jake. Oh, Caitlin, sure. A lot less. And what's this this birdie thing they keep talking about? (laughs) They fly in the air, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I was trying to find um, like the most liberal PGA golfer on tour. And um, to answer this question, which I still don't really have a good answer for, there aren't really many. So I I struggle with that. I would say he's the antithesis of Tiger in that Tiger is very intense and, you know, he's he's mellowed in his older in his his, his more recent years, but very intense and very um, just sort of intense. And Mark is is certainly focused but not in a intense guys see, I, see, I, know I can't mark, even answer this question yeah. i know mark better than most people true and mark is answer? secretly very intense he's just very good at not showing it guilty as charged <laughs> but i do i get to answer the question well my answer is tommy fleetwood because i mean the hair mark the hair yeah yeah yeah, I don't know who that is, but Fleetwood is a cool name. Fleetwood, there you go, he's Mac, British. Nick Fleetwood, British. Uh, Howard, but can I'm, we also agree? Mark would have answered the question on the Georgia voting stuff better than any of the guys currently playing in the tournament because some of those guys had no idea <laughs> what that. But here, I'm, I'm going to get that's true. I'm going to get fired for my answer. What's your answer? My answer is that I would. Fleetwood, Mark. Nice. I would be the guy that we pay to put our logo on his shirt. Jason Kokrak. But I don't know his name. Just a good <laughs> Cozen O'Connor citizen, Jason Kokrak. That's yeah. right. Well, yep. I hope that advertising is working elsewhere because it, it hasn't even taught me his name yet. He is going to make the cut, Mark. But right. actually, actually, I, I know we, we weren't going to talk about corporate wokeness this week. But I actually thought, I think the golfers did a poor job of answering all the questions they got. But I thought the Masters, Fred Ridley, the chairman, I thought they did a great job of articulating, supporting the fact that everybody has a right to vote. 
and that everybody should be supported in their effort to vote. I, I don't know. The Masters has the golden touch. Like they just, whoever's doing their PR is doing a damn good job. That was my reaction. Patrick, maybe you disagree. No, I do. I mean, they have a kind of a, they, they can't boycott because the tournament has to be, it literally has right. to be in Georgia, in Georgia at this very specific course. Um, and they, it was in their best interest to address it because the, the club has a sort of checkered history on issues of race. And so it was very important that they rose to the occasion. Um, and you can make a point of having a discussion without boycotting. I mean, you saw Stacey Abrams basically criticize the right. MLB decision saying it's really going to punish people who are going to be working the event. And, and I, I tend to agree on the players answering, you know, boy, it, it has to be hard. I know there's gotta be some of these guys that they just have no interest in. They're, they're, they're there to focus on golf and it's the most important tournament of the year but that isn't acceptable in the modern age. If you are a professional athlete or a singer or an actor, you can't just say, this isn't my job. My job is I'm here to play golf. I'm not focused on that. You would get, you'd lose sponsorships. You would lose endorsements. You would be vilified online. And so they kind of had to like half attempt to answer it. And it, it was, yeah. It's like a corollary of the ongoing debate about whether sports figures are role models and whether we care about what they do or think when they aren't playing their games. It's like asking Charles Barkley what he thinks of Donald Trump. It's hugely entertaining, but I, for one, am not sure it adds to the national debate to get Charles Barkley involved. But look at the that's NBA. Different what, than, but that's different than the league. To me, it is different than the league taking a position. I just think, as we discussed last week, there's been this giant convergence <laughs> between public expectations of sports and corporations and well, government and it's like you're gonna see it howard we you and i had a little text sidebar that we didn't finish this morning about ceos taking a position on the george floyd trial and i for one think that it is important we've actually worked with a number of clients on this i think it's important to be prepared or whichever way that verdict goes, because his death was an event that businesses were commenting on, Black Lives Matter, the violence surrounding that. I, I think it is a positive development for the business community to participate in, in the national you know conversation. You know what though, Mark, talk is cheap. And what actually matters is doing something. What actually matters is not some dumb press statement that, you know, any somebody puts out about nope. something happening in society. What, what matters is putting your money where your mouth is and taking actions. Actions Agreed. speak louder than words that actually move things forward. Well, Agreed. and I would add to that, Howard, having a consistent message. I mean, not to get accused by Mark of bringing up uh, right-leaning talking points, but the MLB just signed this major deal with China, which has 
uh, no voting rights and a massive um, record of, of, of abuse and, and genocide. And, you know, it's they're talking out of both sides of their mouth on this issue. And then they're moving to Colorado, which has stricter voting laws than the Georgia law. The, the Georgia bill would have just passed. So I think, you know, well, that's. First of all, I intended as a compliment, Caitlin, when I say you bring up Republican talking points because you do it so well. And and that was very well done, too. But I, not everybody's getting it right. And, and you're, it's very fair comment that inconsistency bordering on hypocrisy isn't necessarily advancing the national interest. And Howard's point about action being more important than than words is, of course, right. But but it is moving in a direction where the business community is engaging on these issues. And I think that is healthy. I think these are issues that were swept under the rug for too long. And I think the engagement is healthy. I yield that it's imperfect. And this, but this is fundamentally about values. Like, what are our values as a country, globally? But what are our values? What What do we believe in? What What does this country stand for? And that's to me what. And and everybody has a role to play in that. I just think. I just think. Look, I think absolutely you have to speak to. Um, major events like what happened to to George Floyd and his killing by the police and and deal with it and and you have to espouse principles that are um, you know that it's just abhorrent what happened but you have I just think at the end of the day you have to do things about it like I ask. I asked a a client of ours who's African American what how at the time uh, how like how are you handling everything and he goes look this is going to come and it's going to go the uproar is loud and it should be and needs to be but we're going to go back to kind of business as usual. And I said, okay, well, what, what can, what, what can we do? What can we do to actually like, I run a business. What should I be thinking about? Jobs, jobs, money. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, fair enough. It's not about lip service. It's about taking action. Actions speak louder than words. But simply telling business that it has no business in politics, as the minority leader of the Senate did this week, Caitlin, is is not the answer, especially it, it, coming from Mitch McConnell, the suggestion that business has no business being in politics. Well, I that can was see my, the irony. By the way. My, you, thank you. That was my word. That I was mean, he did ironic. say, but don't stop political giving because that's very important. No, uh, but in, in the entire time I've been working in this business, I don't think I can think of another time I've ever heard Mitch McConnell walk back something he said 
and refer to his previous statement as inartful. That guy always says what he thinks in, in a very strategic, thoughtful way. And even he found himself tripping over the issue a little bit and having to walk back his, his, you know, I'm sure it was probably drafted by communications team or whatever, but he, he felt like it it didn't express what he meant. And, you know, just, this is something I read this week that struck me and, and I filed it away for further thought, but the economic power of corporate America is, is largely or predominantly located in places where people live. Obviously, it's New York, it's California, it's Texas, it's Florida. But there is a, a, a built-in bias, if you will, in the economy because people – more people live in places that tend to vote Democratic and tend to be on that side of the aisle. And it's just it's just another measure of how the Senate is a, such an anti-democratic institution. The Electoral College is an even more oh. anti-democratic oh, institution. Um, Let me have Mark, a sip of my wine. Point. Hold on. That you, was such a good sigh. You, I, lo- I loved that. <laughs> that was a good podcast sigh. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, to your point, Patrick and I heard a data point this morning that 70% of the country's GDP comes from areas that of the country that voted for Joe Biden. That's what I'm trying to so say. That, thank that, you. Something to that effect. Yeah. Patrick, no, right? thank that you. Was, who I, grows our food? You. Who manufactures right? the things we use each butcher and every box. day? Caitlin, you know, butcher box. Yeah, it's, you know but that, that stat isn't to say yeah. that the 70% are more important than the other 30%. It just means that these corporations are, if they're going to cater to someone, it's going to be to the values of the 70% and not the 30%. And that's, that's why when... It, I know I made this point last week, but when like people are getting upset about this, it's like, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, it, it's just these companies are making a business decision. It's capitalism. And they, yeah, it's just the way it goes. It's capitalism. And I wish we were doing video because not only was Caitlin's exasperation, her audible exasperation with me, very entertaining, but then she picked up an enormous glass of wine. <laughs> that was good, <laughs> enormous too. Enormous glass of wine. Can, can I make like, a point? Wait, I, wait, let me go for I would just would yeah, like you, to say that the, the second and third most populous states in the nation, Texas and Florida, are red states. Yep. Can I can I make a, a just a point, too? Because sometimes it's so easy to on a podcast like this, like you kind of get up on your high horse and speak your best ideals. I watched the press conference on the masters on Monday. And it was kind of like, everyone has their moment where they're kind of over it. And where the MLB thing on the podcast last week, I was celebrating it when it was something I wanted to watch related to sports about what I was interested in. I kind of was like, okay, I didn't tune in to watch a press conference on the Georgia voting rights stuff. I want to hear what they say about the golf course. And then I caught myself and I was like, this is kind of the point, isn't it? Like, this is, you having <laughs> you wanting to watch something and kind of it, it just was this moment of like 
checking my own privilege a little bit, but I also, I think it's okay sometimes to feel like privilege. Yeah. What a concept. I mean, (laughs) Hey, I'm the middle America representative on this podcast. The idea Mark (laughs) pretends to be because he was born. Belzer junior high school. I have a trophy here somewhere from Belzer junior high school in Indiana. Joseph D. Harper Ward. The, uh, but but there's, there's something else that this, is connected to Howard that you were mentioning earlier mm. uh, before our podcast, which is there. There are a number of issues, guns, cannabis, where there is an overwhelming consensus among the American people that we should be moving forward, and yet Washington is stuck in the mud on those issues. It's just another measure of the disconnect between the Capitol and the White House on cannabis, frankly, and and some of these issues. The country adopted gay marriage long before Washington, D.C. did. The country has adopted cannabis, I hope not too long before Washington, D.C. does. The country wants modest gun control background checks. That ain't happening in in this Congress. So these are just all data points about disconnects between what's going on in the country, red and blue states, big and little states on these issues, and, and what our elected leaders aren't doing. Mark, what was the difference on gay marriage, too, just with how it, speed, it sped up? We talked about this. The Supreme Court ultimately stepped in and made the decision. We didn't right. rely on Congress right. to act. And that is right. where these other issues, but you're not going to get it. Joe Biden <laughs> evolved before that. Right. Joe Biden. Did he evolve before or after President Obama evolved? No, he evolved before President before, Obama. Before, that's right. He that's right. Well President before. Right, right, right. He got right. kicked God, out of like all the meetings. Ago. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's oh. the, the difference even between the federal government and the states. I mean, the federal government, we're seeing leadership on cannabis amongst Democratic leadership and some of the members. But- it's still a lot of hand wringing within even the Democratic caucuses in the states. Boy, it feels like an arms race. I mean, they are one by one. They're seeing the revenue numbers in the other states and they're going, we have got to get in on this or we're missing well, a huge opportunity. But it's not just revenue. and it, It's red and blue to Caitlin's point. And it's because it's popular. There was a plebiscite in North Dakota. And a majority of the North Dakotans voted to legalize cannabis. Also Montana, also Arizona, also Mississippi. Well, this is a chicken and an egg thing, but is it popular or is it lucrative? And it's popular because uh, it's lucrative. It's popular because it's it's a crime that people are still put in jail for using cannabis, people of color and white people alike. And and it's popular, Howard, because it's popular because people enjoy it. Right. It just, I mean, look, that's illustrative of, yeah, to me, it's like the perfect encapsulation of the political dynamics actually in the country. It's 
it could be a cannabis could be a case study for a political science class. I mean, it's not just about it's not really about mm -hmm. Republicans versus Democrats. Except in the United States Senate. Yeah. See, that's kind of sort of. No, kind of, kind of. That's that's the point. Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer don't agree. True. But Joe Biden I, will sign it when it gets there. And I think and you can pull there. Republicans along for the ride if you could get agreement between the majority leader of the United States Senate and the president of the United States, because it actually pulls well on both sides of the yeah. aisle. I do agree That's that what, you have to, you're going to have to unite the Democratic caucus first, I think, in the order of that. I mean, I, I think you are right on that. And it's going to take a little I work, spend but, about yeah. half our time explaining that to our clients. Who it's just all you got to do is find 10 Republicans and it automatically happens. It's just age. I think these older senators are just mad. They're not going to get to enjoy the fun for as long as the younger well, guys are. And how about the president? Well, yeah. I mean, it's who's purging, who is purging his staff because of past. I mean, I think he's oh, yeah. been harder than even the Trump administration was on some of these yeah. past drug history, you know, briefings. I mean, unacceptable. He he's a reefer madness guy, and it's way out of touch. He's decades behind, not just his party. He's decades behind what behind the facts on the ground. Mark, we don't even really know what that means, but you do, so it's okay. Patrick does. Kind of, sort of. I didn't live it, but I know what I mean. Right. <laughs> now, wait, is it actually true that not one of you saw the movie Reefer Madness I didn't in see the movie, but I know the reference. Okay. Howard, you saw it. You Michigan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It shows every night Listen, in Michigan. Ann Arbor, you got a ticket for walking down the street <laughs> with a joint. In right. 1987. There you go. So. Reefer Madness and, and the Rocky Horror Show. You did not get thrown in jail. Now that I've night, seen. Every <laughs> night that one I've seen. So, well, guys, interesting times. Uh, we'll keep it short today, but um, interesting discussion. And look, I think um, conscious capitalism is here to stay. And, and it should be because we've got big societal problems and the only way to address them is with money and um, making sure that people share equitably. And But you have to still be able to, <laughs> making money is still supposed to be okay in this country, Mark. Um, okay by me. <laughs> I, I know it <laughs> no is. argument here. But um, all right, let's leave it here to be continued. We'll be back next week. Happy Masters weekend. Happy, <laughs> Happy Masters. Masters. Enjoy who, your drinks. Who am I rooting for? What's this guy's name? Tommy Fleetwood, Mark. Tommy or Fleetwood. Cameron Smith. Just think Fleetwood Mac. You'll remember. I can do that. I can there you remember go. that. Good. Thanks, Howard. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, you guys. guys. You've been listening to The Beltway Briefing, a podcast from Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies with perspectives from both sides of the aisle. Please subscribe to our podcast so our episodes are automatically sent to you when they are released. The Beltway Briefing podcast has been produced by Hometown Podcasts and Audio, Washington, D.C.